Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Let's give Jesus one more hand clap this morning. Can we do that today? Come on, let's really give him a hand clap this morning. He's worthy. Let's worship the Lord together for one more moment. Hey, I'm excited about what God's going to do. Y'all welcome everybody watching all of our campuses. Y'all welcome Owensboro, Henderson, and Dumas. We love y'all, our entire His Church family. We're so glad you're with us right now via simulcast, and I believe God is going to do something big in all of our lives. Why don't you turn to your neighbor very quickly, tell him this, say you look like you've lost 20 pounds. You're looking good today. Come on, you must be low carb or crossfitting or keto or something like that. Man, you look nice. Um, I'm excited today. I'm excited about the topic, and I'm excited about getting to preach the Word of God to all of you. Uh, if you don't know about it, before I get started, we do have a trip to Israel coming up um, coming up into February, beginning of March. Anybody that would like to go, you're all invited to come with me and Jesse. Pastor David, Carrie will be going. Also, I'm going with Dr. Bob Rogers, who has been a, a voice in my life. He's been going to Israel since he was a boy. His father started taking him to Israel when he was 20 years old, maybe 18 years old. Now, I won't say how old he is and get mad at me, but he's close to 70. And the information he has is just life-changing. I tell you, I went one time, a 10-day trip to Israel. It's like a four-year Bible degree. So if anybody wants to go, there'll be information at the info booth. Go check it out. We'll go to Israel, and then after it, Israel, we'll see the Sea of Galilee. We'll go to the Dead Sea. You'll see the Red Sea. You'll see all of the seas. If you got enough faith, you can walk on one of them like Peter did. Um, we'll go up to the Temple Mount. Uh, we'll go down into the desert. You'll, you'll see so much. You'll see where Jesus walked. It'll be awesome. And uh, I'm excited about it. But let's pray right now. So there's info at the booth. And let's pray. I believe we're going to receive the word of the Lord together. Amen. Father, I thank you that we receive the word of the Lord. We declare we have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of God would say to the church. Now speak to your people, I pray. I pray that my voice wouldn't be loud, but the voice behind the voice. It would speak to your people. In Jesus' mighty name, the church said, Amen. Amen. Well, hey, I want to start a series. It's going to be a two-week series, uh, and it's called Making Gains. Come on, everybody say Making Gains. All right, let's say it again like we mean it, Making Gains. All right, if you're in any kind of athletics, uh, I know we don't want to gain weight anymore, but let's say uh, if you're in any kind of athletics, used to at the Owensboro campus, we had a lot of power lifters. And a lot of those guys, they lifted hard, and they were always looking to make gains. If they had a 250-pound bench, they wanted a 300-pound bench. If they had a 300-pound bench, they wanted a 400-pound bench. If they wanted a 500-pound bench, they, they kept going. You know, the, the, the bench press record was just won by a guy in Owensboro, Kentucky, and he benched close to 1,000 pounds. How many know that guy made some gains in his lifting, right? I'm sure he looks like a top-heavy chicken now in his upper body, but that's okay. He made some gains in his lifting. We love him. He's a Christian brother. But um, here's the deal. If you're, if you're in football, I went out this last Friday night. It was freezing, and I watched a high school football game, and the kids that are out there playing ball, if they got a 4-5-40, they want a 4-4-40. They want to do better next year than they did this year. How many of y'all want your life to be better next year? Come on, somebody. 
than it is this year. And if we're going to go forward, I'm talking about the financial world in our life right now because that affects so many of us. I teach about it uh, every October, November. I talk about how to go forward in life. And the way we work in church, every January we do a special faith offering. But there's two legs to making gains in the financial world. All right, the first leg, if you're going to go forward, you, you need to walk on two legs. And a lot of people, they have one of these legs but they don't have the other. The way you go forward in life and you make gains in the financial realm is, one, you have to have generosity. Come on. How many of y'all believe we as Christians ought to be generous people? Can I get an amen out there? Somebody ought to give God a hand clap. We are generous people. This is a generous church. Our Jesus is a generous Jesus. And so I really, I'm thankful. So many of you in this room right now and in Kentucky, in Henderson, in Dumas, some of the most generous people I've ever met in my life, and it's an honor to serve beside you. So one leg of going forward is generosity. We need to be generous. But the other leg of going forward is management. How many of y'all believe we ought to manage over what God has given us and manage it well? And if you get both of them going, you got generosity and you got management, you go somewhere. I watch some people in their they're extremely generous by nature. They're givers, but they never know how to manage. So they're always doing like a weird two-step in life. And there's other people they know how to manage, but they're tighter than the bark on a log. They wouldn't buy you a cheeseburger if you were starving and there was a Sonic in the Sahara. They'd let you starve to death because they're stingy. So they have management going in their life, but they're cheap. They have no generosity. And because of that, God can't bless them the way he wants to bless them. But I believe this, if we'll get both generosity flowing and management flowing, we don't need a miracle in life. We'll begin to become a financial miracle for somebody else. I don't want a financial miracle. Come on, church. I want to be a financial miracle. Turn to your neighbor. Just tell him I'm going to be a financial miracle in the future for somebody else. Amen. See, all of generosity, it starts in this one place. Some of you are saying, man, I showed up when the preacher's talking about money. I should have brought my guests next week. Listen, let me tell you this. Here's what the Bible really says. Do you know that 66% of the parables Jesus taught, they dealt with the topic of money. You know how many scriptures are in there about taking care of your money? There are 2,300 plus scriptures in the Bible that simply deal with taking care of money. There are five times more verses about money than prayer. Do you know that? There are five times more verses about money than faith. See, our money is so close, near, and dear to us. See, that's why God had to talk to us about our money. So, you know, if you're not careful, instead of you having money, money will begin to have you. And that's when the love of money begins to corrupt your life. The Bible says the love of money is the root, right? It's not money, it's the love. But how many of you know at his church we don't love money? Come on, somebody. We love the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We love Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We don't serve money, we serve God, and our money serves us. Can I get an amen out there? The cornerstone principle of generosity is the tithe. If you have your Bible on you, I want you to open it up to Leviticus chapter 27. Leviticus chapter 27. This is just one of many, many, many tithe verses. Starts in Genesis. It goes all the way through the New Testament in Hebrews. It's, it's there. And uh, here's the principle. If you look at it, Leviticus 27 verse 30, it says this. A tithe of everything. Come on, somebody say everything. 
A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. The Bible teaches that one-tenth of everything we see in the earth, that God gave the earth to man to tend and take care of. We're to watch over the earth and make it multiply. God's given us an earth. He made it. And at the end of it, he looked and he said, it is good. And he said that man could have 90% of the earth. How many think it's a good gift from God that 90% of this whole earth belongs to us as the human race? Come on. But then he says a tithe or a tenth of everything. It's holy or it's consecrated. It's sanctified to the Lord. Do you know what it means to consecrate something? To consecrate something or make it holy to the Lord is to take it and set it apart. The tithe means to cut off a tenth of everything God's given you and to take it and set it apart. And I'm going to tell you a tithe of everything, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, it belongs to him. It all belongs to him. And when we bring it to the Lord, I'll tell you what it does. It begins to break the curse off of our life. So what is a tenth? Let me tell you what a, what a tenth is or a tithe. It literally means to give 10%. Come on, everybody say 10%. It's a mathematical word, a tithe or a tenth. And, and, and it's there, and God says all throughout the Bible, cut it off and bring it to me. You know, I, I did some research and was given some great research about giving in America. And our nation has grown darker than it's ever been before. Come on, how many of y'all agree with me we need revival in America? Uh, come on, let's give God a hand clap by faith for revival. God, we clap our hands for revival in America. In the name of Jesus. We need a revival. Can I get one more amen? But if you look at the giving in America, now I'm telling you, it takes money, the tithe, to bring revival, to bring the message, to build churches. It takes that. If you look at giving in America right now, it's down 50%. Religious giving is down 50% since 1990 in America. Do you know on an average, Christians now give 2.5% of their income to their church? 2.5%. You know what giving was during the Great Depression in America? Giving during the Great Depression was 3.3%. When people were believing God just to eat in America, they gave a greater percentage of their income than we do in 2019 in one of the strongest economies and highest markets America has ever seen. It's like God has blessed us more, but we have honored God less than we've ever honored him before as a nation. The tithers now, they make up less than 25% of any congregation. If a congregation in America has 25% tithers, they're doing well in the national scene, the national church life. Eight out of 10 people, here's some of the blessing that it shows that actually tithe to their churches. Eight out of 10 people who give to the church and tithe, they have zero credit card debt. Isn't that interesting? The blessing is on that eight out of 10 people that give. They have zero credit card debt. See, if you'll do the first thing in generosity, life starts to line up. It does. You know, normal Americans, they have on average has over $16,000 in credit card debt. Here's what I believe. If we'll be generous and manage our money, come on, we won't always need a miracle. We will be the miracle. Amen? Amen. I'm going to be the miracle. That's my, that's my, I think we ought to make that the profession of our faith. We ought to declare that over our life all week and every day. Come on, I'm going to be the miracle. Let's say it out loud. I'm going to be the miracle. Amen? Not going to need it. I'm going to be it. 
You know, the stats show that people that make over 75000 it's funny, over 1% uh, percent of them donated a tenth of their income. Only, only 1% of them gave a tenth, Christians. And it's interesting that people with a salary 20000 or less, come on, they're eight times more likely to give a tenth than the people who make over 75000 I heard a guy preaching one time, and he said, when you had nothing, you gave everything. But now that you have everything, you give nothing. It's funny how the more blessed we get, the more reliant we get on our money and not on our God. See, God wants to break that off of our life. See, there's two different kinds of businesses, all right? You know, I was raised by a businessman raised in a business family, and I love business people. I love the way they think. But I'm not primarily a business guy. I'm primarily a pastor. I'm, I know that's what I am. As a matter of fact, one time I had a prophet call me out in a crowd, and he prophesied to me. One of the most accurate, scary prophecies I've ever been given. He had like 28 words of knowledge. Spoke to me about five minutes. 28 supernatural things he could have known any other way. And one of the things he said to me is he said, and I, I was toying at the time I was doing ministry, but I was also doing business. And I still do some, but it can't be my focus. He said, hey, you were raised in a business family. Raised by a very professional, successful man. And he talked about where that business started. And he said, but the Lord says to you now, it's not time to worry about that. It's time for you to get down to your father's business. And I got my priorities realigned by the prophetic word. Come on, how many know all of us are called to a part of the father's business? Amen? Come on, look at your neighbor and just tell them it's time we got down to the Father's business. You ought to tell them that today. It's the Father's business. Some of your vein is to be a businessman. My vein is to be a pastor, a leader, to help lead his church. Some of you are moms. You're called to be a mom. That's a part of your Father's business. Some of you are a teacher. You're called to do that, to be a part of the Father's business. Some of you may have a, a teaching gift or, or you're a plumber or you, you, you do contracting. That's a part of you doing what's called to be the Father's business. But there's two kind of businesses you can be a part of. One, you can be a part of a cursed business. Come on, somebody say a cursed business. You know, I heard a, a joke where uh, there, was, there was a pastor he was at the church, and uh, he's in the back, and his receptionist is out front. And the receptionist is out front, and this guy shows up. Dude shows up, and he, he walks in. He kind of struts in. And he walks up, and he says, you know what? I'm here to talk to the head hog at the trough. And the receptionist is kind of taken back, says, excuse me? Sir, he says, he says yes, ma'am. I'm here to talk to the head hog at the trough. She was kind of offended. She said, sir, surely you're not talking about our pastor. We love him. We honor him. We're not going to compare him to a piece of pork, you know. He said, ma'am, I'm here to talk to the head hog at the trough. She's just blown away. Then he looks up and he says, listen, I just inherited a ranch. I sold it for $12 million. I'm here to give a $1.2 million tithe. She looked up and said, give me one moment. I'll find Pastor Porky right now. Let me, let me find Pastor Porky. Come on, somebody. Uh, that, that, that guy got blessed, right? And, and God wants to bless us all, right? And, and here's the deal. If you got money in your pocket, I'll pull it out and I'll show it to you. Right here, this is simply paper. God did not make this. This is man's design. Federal Reserve came up with this. God made the trees. God made the hills. God made the minerals. God made the oil. God made the gold. God made the diamonds. But man made this. This is man's way of keeping score. 
And I'll tell you what, you can live by the word, world system or you can live by the word system. And if you operate just the way man tells you to operate, there is a curse on the earth. Your business will be cursed. But I'll tell you what, you can break that curse that's off of the entire earth, off of your stuff, and you can walk in the blessing by being generous. It's the way you do it. Here's what Malachi says, Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 9. says this, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. He says, you were cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. See, I believe there's a curse on all the things that came when Adam and Eve sinned, right? He said that the woman would have labor in childbirth. Said the man would bring forth fruit of the earth by the sweat of his brow. Look at me right now. I'm sweating up here like I've been in a CrossFit class. This is a symbol of the curse. I don't know why I still sweat. I'm redeemed from the curse. Somebody say amen to that, right? So the stuff of this earth, it's got a curse on it. God's called us to this. He calls us to bring a tenth to the house of God. Whenever we bring our tenth to the house of God, do you know right now little kids in the back, they're learning the Beatitudes because somebody tithed. You know, right now, the Ten Commandments are being taught to our sons and our daughters because somebody gave an offering. Do you know right now that there's kids that were slaves on the Thai Burma border that are living in a warm house with a mom and a dad being taught about Jesus instead of being trafficked in sex slavery to Bangkok? That all happens because some Christian gave. Come on, we are called to give. Whenever we give, it breaks the curse off of the earth. See, by the light of the gospel coming, it breaks the curse off of our finances. He says this. He says, will a man rob God? Is there a guy out there that's strong enough or tough enough to hold up God? And the answer was yes, people rob God all the time. How do they rob him in tithes and offerings? And typically the way we rob God, it doesn't look like we're just attacking him, even though the word can be translated that in the Hebrew. It can also be translated embezzlement. Will a man embezzle from God? Now, I don't know, the Kentucky folk, we have a fair, but, but uh, here in Amarillo, they are serious about their fair. And I went out this year to eat my fried cheese and my ho-hos and my, my uh, funnel cake, come on somebody, and those potato chips with all the cheese on it. And I mean, you know you're going to be sick when you get home from the fair, but you do it anyway because you're a good Texan. God bless Texas. Somebody say amen to that, right? So, so the first time I went to the fair, right, I show up with cash in my pocket. Now I go to try to pay cash at one of the stands, and they won't take the cash. you got to put the cash on a card, and then you pay with the card. And the reason they do that is so many of the workers stole from them. The skim on cash was so high, they, they somewhere between 10 and 15% they thought they stole. So they set it up where they could no longer embezzle from them. How many know there's a lot of people in the church, the Bible says, when they don't give the tithe, it's the same thing. They're robbing God. Now, I'm telling you this morning, God's not angry at you and wanting to pound you. He's trying to lift you up. He doesn't want the curse on your life. He wants the blessing on your finances. God's not here to shake his finger at you in anger. He's here to say, come here, let me show you a better way to live because he is a gentle, loving Jesus. Come on, somebody. He doesn't want you cursed. He wants you blessed. He wants life. He doesn't want death near you. And he says this, people... They rob God. So how do they feel whenever that happens? What does the curse feel like when there's a curse on your business? Haggai prophesied about it. He said this, you have planted much, but you harvest little. You've worked a lot, but you're not getting much back in return. 
You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. When the curse is on your life, it's like no matter how much money you make, it goes out the door. How many of y'all used to think, I used to think like this. I bet, I bet some of you used to think like this too. You thought, man, if I could just make another 5000 a year, all my problems would be gone. And then you made the other 5000 and you had the same problems, right? If I could make another ten grand a year, all my problems would be gone. Then a few years went by, you stepped up in life, you made the other ten grand. How many of you had the same problem, right? Right? It's not about that. It's not about making more. It's learning to manage what you have with the blessing of God on it today. And if we manage what we have today, God can take us higher. So he said, you don't have to live cursed. He said, you can live blessed. Here's what, here's what the Bible says, Malachi 3. It says, bring all the tithes, the tenth, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. The storehouse is the church. The food is the ministry. How many of y'all want there to be real ministry here whenever we bring our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors? We want them to feel the presence of God. We want to have something for them. Whenever you give your tithe, that's what you're doing. You're making sure there is meat in the house of God. He said, try me now in this or test me. Come on, everybody say, test me. Man, the Bible says never to test or tempt God. This is the one place. He says, try me in this. Try me now in this and see if I will not pour you, open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing where there is such room that you will not be able to receive it. How many of y'all think that sounds like a good deal? Instead of being cursed, God says that if I would try him in this, that there would be an open heaven over my life and that blessing would rain down through that window and the window would be so big, the blessing would be so big that there wouldn't even be room enough to receive it in my life. I would be so blessed, the blessing would sort of flow over out of my life into somebody else's life. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to be cursed. You can be blessed. 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 But you have to try God in this. You bring the tithe. See, the tithe or money really is a test in life. It's one of the largest tests I believe men ever walk through. Men typically get saved like this. They get saved with their head, then their heart, then their wallets. But Jesus said this. He said, if I can't, uh, if I can't uh, trust you with unrighteous mammon, how will I trust you with spiritual things? Money is simply a test. It's a game that we're called to win in life. And the first way we win it is by honoring the tithe. It's the first way we win the test. See, the tenth always represents a test in the Bible. Let me show you some things that really say where ten is a test. You know, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 2.10, it talks about ten days of testing. How many commandments are there? There are ten commandments. God tested Pharaoh's heart 10 times. There were 10 virgins in the New Testament that were tested to see if they were faithful and prepared. How many disciples did Jesus have? He had 12. I was just testing you this morning to see if you were listening to me right now. I'm telling you, it's a test that you're called to pass in life. Recently, Dr. Dave Martin, he came and he preached in Owensboro. And uh, he preached here earlier in the year. I know y'all enjoyed his ministry. Owensboro, we had a blast, and I think Amarillo had a blast when he was here before. But he had an illustration on the tithe that I thought was one of the best ones I've ever seen. And I wanted all of his church to see it. And he said he taught his kids about the tithe this way, and he did it with a pumpkin pie. 
Is anybody out there like pumpkin pie? Come on. We got pumpkins on the front porch. It's time to go right now. Pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin pie, all that kind of stuff. So he started saying, you know, life and your finances, they're a bit like a pie. And uh, you start cutting off pieces of them, right? And you got to pay different things so your finances run right. And so once you grow up, you get a house. How many know you got a mortgage you're going to have to pay? I get an amen out. So you got to get the, the slice of mortgage, right? She won't be out in the cold. So there's the first piece of your financial pie that comes out. And then you got to have some wheels because you're going to need to get somewhere. Anybody out there want a better set of wheels right now? You want something cooler, man? I want a 70s muscle car is what I want right now. So um, I think I'd be cool in that. So anyway, uh, if I want my 70s muscle car, I'm going to have to pay for that. I'm not really getting one. I want one. But, but, but there it is. And then you got utilities, right? You want to be warm. In the winter, right? How many of you got some kids out there? Kids will eat you out of house and home, right? So every kid you have is going to cost you about $5 million. People say what it costs every kid. It costs $5 million every kid you have. I just made that up. My mother's here. I could never get my mother, get, get back even with my mother. How many are thankful for all the money mom and dad spent on you to feed you and keep you alive? Thank you, mom. You got, you got pie like that, right? Then you want to look good. It's Sunday morning. You got to go get some new clothes. You want them off the rack and on your back, baby, looking good, right? Now, if it was Jesse's shoe budget, I would need six pies to go ahead and put over there. Shoes are everything for the ladies, right? So, so I'm going to need some shoes. And then, come on, you got to have vacation. You get tired. You get some vacation. And, and then you got a pet, and you got to feed that pet. And then it comes Sunday, right? It's time to go to the house of the Lord. And man, God has been so good to us, saved us, filled us with the Spirit, healed us, put our marriage back together, gave us a job, promoted us. Man, I want to give something back to God, don't you? But wait a minute. All the best stuff was already given away. But God, I got a little something here left. I'll give you that. That's where most of the American church is. It's not that they're bad people. It's not that they got evil hearts. It's that they weren't prepared and they didn't do it first. Good people, good intentions. They just need a good plan so they can honor God first. So what if I turn the thing around? Come on. And instead of waiting until the end to give God something, I get my piece of pie. I'm grabbing it with my hands. Don't tell my mama. She's in there. She'll whip me for this. So, come on. What if I give God his peace first? Now I got God honored, right? I want to honor God first with my life. How many know he's the alpha, the omega? He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Come on, he deserves the best part. The best of me, not the end of me. So what do you do? You take your first part, you give it to God. Now your life starts with God, come on, all the way around, and it ends with God. And you know, then when you do this, you could have 100% of it not blessed. Or you could have 90% with the blessing of God on it. I wouldn't give you a dime for pumpkin pie without some whipped cream, right? Right? some whipped cream. 
That's the blessing. Can I get an amen? So what God does whenever you give, give first and you honor him first, is he comes and says, man, I'm going to take that 90%. And I'm going to bless it. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. I'm going to give you the silver and the gold. There's going to be an abundance. I'm going to provide all your needs. I'm going I'm to make your cup runneth over. You're going to be blessed coming in, blessed going out. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and never beneath. I'm telling you what, the blessing of God begins to come on everything you have. I'd rather have 90% blessed than 100% cursed. Can I get an amen out there? Amen. Now, I know it's a hard message for a lot of people, but it's a real message. It's where the rubber meets the road. It's where faith begins. So I'm going to ask you to do what God asked you to do. I'm going to ask you to test God, try God in this. I'm not going to settle for 25% of our people given at his church. We're going to be generous. We're going to have a different spirit. We're going to be givers. We're going to be godlike. We're not going to be selfish. Uh, we're not going to be controlled by money. We're controlled by God and we control our money. Amen. Now I'm going to call you to a decision today. I'm calling men to, to a decision right now. If I could get a hundred men to believe God with me, I could change the world. I promise you I could. I'm calling a hundred men to a decision right now. I'm calling ladies to a decision right now. The ladies always come before the men do. At the cross, there was one guy left and a bunch of ladies with Jesus. That's the way it works. So I'm calling you out, men. I'm calling you out to test God and to try God. Ladies, come with me. We're going to believe God together. We're going to step across the line and we're going to do a 90-day tithe challenge. Now I promise you he's going to open up the windows of heaven. He's going to pour out a blessing on you where there's not room enough to receive it. And it may, may be money. It may not be money immediately. How many know there's things in life that are bigger than money? I'm just telling you. I'm all for you having a bunch of money. But how many know God could also pour out peace? And he could pour out joy. And he could pour out restoration. He could pour out healing. He could pour out salvation in your house. Right? I'll take all of it. I want all of it. If God provides it, I want it. Can I get an amen out there? I want you to close your eyes with me for one second at every campus. Close your eyes with me right now. Come on, it's a holy moment. It's a decision. Where your money goes, your heart follows. Man, Jesus said it. It's so massive. It's so spiritual. Can't even put words on it. The devil hates it. He fights against it because he wants the church underfunded, under-resourced. He wants the church to, to have a gun with no bullets in it. That's why he fights against it so bad, pulls against it. Because, man, if we're full of the Spirit of God, we're doing what we're called to do. There's not a gate that hell can put up that we can't charge through. There's not a city we can't win. There's not a sickness we can't overcome. There's not an education problem that we can't build the school for. Come on, somebody. There's not an orphan that we can't come and feed. If the church would just step up, do what we're called to do, we could change the world. So we can't overcome everybody's decision. We can take care of ours. I can do my part, amen? If you're out there right now, I would just want you to bow your head for one second. If you're out there, I'm calling people to a decision. Pastor, I want to take the 90-day tithe challenge. I want to step across the line. You shouldn't just make it 90 days. You should make it your life. I'm giving an entry point. Pastor, I want to take the 90-day tithe challenge. I want, I want to step across the line in faith with giving. When I count to three with every eye closed, I want you to just slip up your hand very quickly and write back down. By the way, all of us have made this decision at one point. We're for you. Man, we're pulling for you, the blessing of God in your life. Come on, if that's you, one, don't put it off. Two, the blessing of God's going to change your family. Three, just lift up that hand right now. 
Praise the Lord. People all over the place. I'm telling you, if you'll follow through with this, there'll be a blessing. It won't just change you. It'll change your bloodline. My mother taught me to tithe when I was a little boy. Now, I'm telling you, I've been blessed my entire life because of her giving and her heart. Some of you are going to do the same thing for your bloodline right now. All right, you put your hands down, man. God sees your heart. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give together right now by faith. What I want you to do is the decision you make once, if you have to make it again every week, it beats you, right? If you make it once and set it up, then you got it beat. How many of y'all have won with the gym for a season and then lost at the gym for a season? Can I get an amen out there, right? Right? I've won and I've lost at the gym. When I win at the gym, here's how I win. I set up the times I'm going to go in advance. I know I'm going Monday, Tuesday, Thursday night. I know I'm going at 7 o'clock. I'll work out from 7 to 8.30. I know my friend's going to be there for accountability. See, trainers, a lot of times with people from athletic backgrounds, they're not teaching you that much you don't know. Their accountability, you set it up, now you show up. That's how my jeans go from a 38 to a 34. Praise God, if that didn't work, and I buy the stretchy jeans. So I can wear whatever size I want. It's just a fight of faith to get into them. Can I get an amen out there, right? So it's the same way with giving. If you'll make a decision today and set it up to auto-give, I'm going to auto-tie, set it up just like that. You make the decision, you honor God first. My mortgage comes out first. If you want to win in retirement, if you want to have a good retirement, you better automate it and set it up where it automatically goes. If you don't do that, you'll spend it. It's the way it works in every area of life. Same is true with the tithe. It's how you end up being the guy that gives crumbs instead of the guy that gives his peace. So right now, uh, I'm going to give it over to every campus pastor right now, okay? I love you guys. Owensboro campus pastors are coming. Henderson campus pastors are coming. Dumas, they're coming right now. They're going to show you how to set it up, and we're going to give together today. It's going to be an offering to God, a tithe to God. Tony, God's eyes on us right now. He's going to bless us. You're not going to be owned by money. You're going to own money. And God's going to bless you and multiply you. Come on, let's give them all a hand clap as they go. Campus pastors are coming. We love you.